Hey, chiropractors, welcome to Modern Chiropractic Mastery with your host, Dr. Kevin Christie, where we discuss the latest in marketing, business, and professional growth with some of the leading experts in the industry. Welcome to another episode of Modern Chiropractic Mastery. Today, I'm excited to bring back on Dr. Manuel Astruc. He has been on the show often, we usually try to do a quarterly episode, really our resident in the psychology of what we all do and uh, different aspects of that. And today we're actually going to talk about leadership. And I've worked with him for the last uh, seven months now on improving leadership and really getting into the the root of what leadership can be and understanding that. And uh, one of the recent things we've, we've done over the last couple of months is a, a 360 review. And we, we dive into that a little bit to really start to uncover ways that I can improve as a leader. We all have strengths, we all have uh, positives, and we all have weaknesses and some blind spots. And that's what we try to cover. And we talk a little bit about that. And I think ultimately, as a chiropractor, whether you own your business, or you're an associate, uh, or, you know, frankly, in your personal lives, leadership can always be improved. And I think being, um, you know, self-aware and, and being willing to continue to improve one of the things that I know from it is that you can always get better with it. And, you know, whether you're uh, trying to lead your patients, because that's a big part of it. Like As a chiropractor, who cares if you're a business owner or not, leadership and in, in, in how it really impacts your patients and their results is huge. So again, leadership's going to be, whether it's you're running a hundred person team or a one person team, or if it's just you, you're a lone wolf, or it's you and your patients, you and your family, your friends, there's a whole bunch of different aspects of what leadership is and how you can improve it. And so we dive into that today and a little bit of the process that I've been going through over the last year plus in improving that. And, you know, and it can, and it can look different, you know, uh, for what it's like when you're, uh, like in my situation, I've got a private practice that I'm currently leading, and I've got a marketing coaching company that I'm currently leading. Uh, there's a mastermind group that I uh, lead. There's a family that I lead. And there's places where I can honestly say I'm doing great. And there's places where I know I can improve. There's been an interesting dichotomy of what it's like to have, uh, you know, a distributed workforce like we have at MCM or having a more uh, intimate kind of setting of a small practice, right? So there's a lot of different angles to it. And we dive into some, you know, overall aspects of leadership. And Dr. Astruck's just great with that. He comes at it from a great perspective. And he's been helping me out in many ways. And it's just good to have someone as a sounding board as well, uh, when it comes to that. And so we dive into leadership. Uh, I know that we all can uh, gain from this and improve from this. And, you know, you don't have to be a born leader, right? We, I think sometimes we assume that you're, you're born with it. But I always go back to that fixed versus growth mindset. And you want to maintain a growth mindset in many arenas. And you can improve as a leader, even if you've had issues in the past with it or you're an introvert or whatever, right? You can get better. You may not become the, uh, you know, general of the U.S. Army, but that's here nor there. Uh, we just want to keep on getting better and improve and find what your leadership style is. It's going to look differently, but you will get better at it. Here is my interview with Dr. Manuel Astruc. 
All right. Welcome to the show. I really love having you on. Our audiences loved having you on. This is the first time I'm having you on where you're actually uh, my coach now. I, we were um, on an episode back in December and we were talking about uh, the poverty mindset and that type of stuff. And it was an enjoyable conversation. And I just was like, you know what? I need to take that next step in diving into the deep uh, roots of things, whether it's the finances, but in particular, uh, leadership. So welcome to the show again. No, it's a pleasure, Kevin. I, uh, I mean, uh, it's just been a pleasure getting to know you over the last couple of months as as you know, I've been coaching you. Yeah. Are you sure it's been a pleasure? Because I know it's been a lot. <laughs> absolutely. You know, I, I, I love coaching and and absolutely you're a great client. Great client. Cool. You know, one of the things that I um, we're going to talk about leadership today mm -hmm. and we're going to come at it from a little bit of a different angle, potentially. But I had a solo episode a few months back where, um, you know, I talked about motivation and I and I kind of went into different parts of where it's like, you know, I, I'm looking for things that are going to really get get to the root of it, really um, make changes that are that are permanent versus some motivational stuff or some things you can learn. It's, it's you know, the way I put it is it's like a sugar high where they're just kind of covering up on top of of some uh, things that need to be sorted out. And so that's why I really, you know made the leap of faith to, to work with you on it, to, to try to get better at, at leadership. And, and I appreciate the work we've done so far. Uh, it's been about six months now, so it's been uh, uh, really good. And part of that, and, and, I'll, and I'll segue to a, a topic that's fascinating to me, but part of what we've been doing is kind of building a foundation. And sometimes it's early on, it's hard. Like you're, you're kind of diving in, you're still kind of figuring things out and diving in and diving in. And that's ultimately what's going to have a lasting impact. But um, the first, one of the things we're going to talk about today out of the gates, and we're still in the process of doing this, but um, doing a 360 review on me, uh, can you, can you tell our audience what that is exactly? And just some of the ideas around it and the purpose of it? So a 360 is when we get feedback from people who are around you in different capacities um, where I get uh, an opportunity to not just hear your side of a story, like what's going on or, or things like that, but now I get to hear from other stakeholders in your life who you interact with on a professional level, um, what their relationship like is with you, um, how they're seeing your strengths, your weaknesses, what you're doing great, what you could be getting better at, um, where you might be struggling. But this this 360 view is is something that gives me a, a you know a, a more um, a, a much fuller picture of of what is is going on. In my previous work as a psychiatrist. Uh, when I was working, I'm still a psychiatrist, but when I was working mm -hmm. inpatient uh, psychiatry, we would get people who would come in who are very acute. They could be psychotic or very depressed or intoxicated or whatever it was. And we would get one picture from the patient. 
And I was just bonkers at that point for all the time. We have to get as much collateral information as we can from other people in this person's life, significant others, parents, siblings, um, other treating professionals, um, as much information as we can get uh, around this individual, you know, the, the better my ability to, to evaluate and prescribe a treatment is. Um, I have one um, coach who's a mentor of mine who does 360s with everybody. And he says that his 360 is 100% for him to get to know you better. Um, and, 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 you know, that ultimately ends up helping you, um, Marshall Goldsmith, who is like, you know, the top executive coach in the country, mm-hmm. uh, he does what he calls a, a stakeholder 360, uh, interview. And his mindset is that, you know, the, the, the leader is leading this team and he wants everybody's skin in the game as to how they're doing. Um, and the the 360 review that he gets, he um, consolidates that into you know four or five points that the leader is going to be working on. And then the leader goes back and shares that with the team that that gave the data. Um, and and then they check in every month with. How am I doing on, you know, item one, two, three? So let's say item one is, you know, um, you're working on anger. Like mm-hmm. sometimes I get mad and and I I, I lose it, you know, and, and get frustrated and outwardly and, and it's hard for people and it scares them or whatever. Um, if you were working behind closed doors with your coach and uh, you do good for 10 months in a row and then, you know, month 11, you have a blow up. What everyone's going to say is, there he goes again. I knew it was too good to be true. Like, you know, he's going back to his old ways. If on the other hand, you've been checking in with the stakeholders every month, how am I doing with anger? How am I doing with anger? They now have 10 months that they've given you the feedback that you've been doing much better with your anger. So on that 11 months that, you know, being human, you know, there's another outburst. Um, they give you more grace with that, right? You've been doing well for 10 months. Way to go. Keep up the good work. So it's a completely different perspective that people have, you know, based on the 360 feedback, um, being accountable and um, vulnerable with your stakeholders, with what you're working on, and then getting feedback with from them on, on a monthly basis. Oh, that's really good. And, you know, something that I've started to just be a little bit more introspective on is the, you know, the different scenarios in my life or the different um, atmospheres in my life. It's, it's how do I keep consistency along that? And so for instance, um, you know, you might provide really good leadership to your patients, right? I'm going to, I'm going to give an example um, of some of our chiropractors out there may, may be suffering from this where they're really good at providing leadership with their patients, they maintain calm, they have a good demeanor, they don't get angry, they don't demean or anything like that, none of the negative things. Uh, But then with their team, they do, right? It's like, why, why is that happening? You know, that dichotomy there, or sometimes you're really good with your team, but not your spouse, or, you know, all these are forms of leadership, you gotta, you know, lead your patients, lead your team, lead your family. Um, and so it's just, it's just fascinating. And like in my life, there's an interesting dichotomy 
and we haven't really dove into too much on that is like, um, I've got a, I got kind of the coaching hat that I have when I coach a lot of chiropractors and then, and that's a form of leadership, whether it's the coaching or the mastermind, there's, there's, that's a, got a big leadership component. And then there's also being a boss. And that's something that I've kind of, um, the dichotomy there, I would say has been a struggle a little bit, like there's different, um, dynamics there for sure. But how does someone start to wrangle with that as like, you know, trying to be consistent in the different arenas that you're in, or whether it's a patient, a team member, or if you're in a scenario where you do coach people, it could be coaching your kids little league or something, right? Like, how do you maintain, like, what are some of your thoughts around? I know it's a loaded question, but it's been something I've been wrestling with. So, I mean, I think we're all aware that we show up the, the different environments with different people with, with different personas. Um, and, and that's just like how it is. And in these different personas, we're going to have different levels of, you know, how we present ourselves, what, um, you know, we're thinking in, in terms of our professionalism and, um, you know, at home, we're going to be a lot more lax than in, in our professional and it should might be the other way around, right? <laughs> like, yeah. We should be bringing our best, best selves to, to, you know, my, my wife and kids all the time. Um, but we do have those, those different areas. And, um, if we're not intentional, it, it's very easy to, to, you know, do exactly what you're saying. I can show up as a as a really good leader in some places, and and much less so in other places. You know who? Um, this is reminding me of Carol Dweck, mm -hmm. who you know wrote the book Mindset, and and she talks yeah, about the yeah. growth mindset so much. And she gives the example of the growth mindset that you can have different aspects of your life where you're very good with your growth mindset. So she mm -hmm. says that academically working, you know, with her PhD. Um, candidates and, and teaching and with her colleagues, she's got a great growth mindset. Like, you know, I'm going to figure this out. It's all good. Um, and, and she doesn't struggle with it at all. And she says when she comes home dealing with her husband, like as soon as there's friction and something goes, you know, off the rails a little bit, she's got a very fixed mindset is, is her natural set point. Um, so she'll say, I'm no good at marriage. It's mm -hmm. like terrible. I need to get out of this. We need a divorce. And he has to talk her off the ledge and remind her, no, no, like the growth mindset, we can get better at this. Mm -hmm. So I, I think it's, you know, just part of the human experience that there's um, areas where we're going to have you know, an easier time in, in areas where we're going to have a harder time in that intentionality, um, mm -hmm. what you're bringing in, in that introspection, you know, just kind of knowing yourself. Yep. When I'm home, I'm going to like, you know, get really down on myself if I can't figure something out and, you know, might be much more likely to, to you know, not be the best leader. Um, yeah. But it's very much human nature. Yeah. And I bet you, you know, they say the difference for me with say coaching versus you know, being a boss, uh, is the emotional attachment that's there versus not, you know, when you're mm -hmm. coaching someone, obviously I want them to do better. And, and, and I definitely, uh, you know, want them to succeed and do all that stuff. But like when it's in your office and you're like, you're looking at this or that that's going wrong and there's that emotional attachment to it. And that's something that I've at least started to recognize and trying to get to the root of, of that. It's like, okay, I need to be a leader 
whether I'm coaching someone or if I'm in the mastermind or if I'm at home or I need to be a leader, not a boss in a sense, in the practice to to make sure that um, the culture is strong, right? And and I, I think you're you're hitting on something. Uh, defining leadership, um, you know, it's it's Dave Maxwell, the, the the writer on leadership, right? I think it's David uh, John, Maxwell. I think John John, John. John Maxwell. Yep, yep, yep. John. He um he says leadership is influence, nothing mm-hmm. more, nothing less. And you can see when you're less attached to the outcome, how, you know, when you're coaching, you can coach and be a little bit more detached and, you know, have that influence without really being emotionally invested. You know, at the office, if someone, you know, I don't know, didn't change the toilet paper like when yeah. they used it last, all of a sudden you're much more emotionally attached, right? You're, yeah. you, you, you want that change. You, you're in control. You need to make it happen. It's it's much less about influence and much more about control. Yeah, no, that that makes a lot of sense. And you know, obviously, leadership is a a big topic. All right, Docs. Here is a new opportunity for you from Darcy Sullivan of Propel. She is our SEO specialist in helping out many chiropractors uh, with their search engine optimization and making sure Google is finding you and getting you new patients. It's amazing how many new patients chiropractors can get and are getting when they do. Uh, the SEO right and a few other things. And Darcy is offering a free SEO workshop just for chiropractors. And you can sign up for that at bit.ly bit.ly slash propel MCM. That is bit.ly bit.ly propel MCM modern chiropractic marketing, right? And so check out that link. And we're going to have you go over five SEO secrets to owning the first page of Google uh, without buying ads. And Darcy's going to give that free workshop one hour to really help grow your practice and start churning new patients from the ever mighty Google, which is still king in the online marketing. So check that out at bit.ly slash propel MCM for the one hour free workshop. Um, I'd love to hear about some of the stuff that you've noticed from effective leaders in, in uh, you're an EO uh, can you explain to our audience what that is a little bit and then just what you've noticed with some of the high level leadership from, from organizations like that? Yeah, so EO is Entrepreneur's Organization, and uh, it's an organization of entrepreneurs who are making uh, a million dollars and above in revenue in their companies, and they've got a, a Entrepreneur's Organization um junior league where if you're making between 250 and and, and uh, a million you can join up and they coach you to to, to get your revenues up to the scale um there's about you know 18,000 members nationwide and it's an incredibly active organization the 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 entrepreneurs who are on this uh are all they, they've all drank the Kool-Aid. They they love being entrepreneurs. They love being together with other entrepreneurs. There's a lot of volunteering for positions um, within EO. Uh, it's all non non-paid. Um, and you know, you're you're working with a bunch of other entrepreneurs when you're trying to, you know, lead. Um, but one of the things that they do very well within the organization is is just encourage people to step up into leadership positions. Yep. Um, so so the culture is built around, you know, 
giving back, getting in, getting to know people and and not just staying on the sidelines. So I think that that's one of the things that that they do very well. Um, and I haven't been in the military, but when I've talked to folks who have been in the military and, and the leadership that comes out of the military circles, it's sort of the same thing. You know, people are pushed into leadership positions from early on and, and you know, in safe ways with, you know, uh, a lot of support. But the expectation is that that you you know you put yourself out there, and and you're you're leading from the front, leading from behind, but but that you're thinking as a leader all the time. Um, within the individuals that I know in EO, leadership styles are all over the map. Um, you know, very charismatic people, people who are more reserved. I think that what I see as a as a common trait is. You know, there's there's this dedication to providing value for their customers and their teams. Um, you know, just very very fixed on on that, um, and and very values driven. Um, you know, there's we had a a situation where there was a realtor in my forum within EO who uh, had another realtor like spent hours going over his people that he'd hired and they found something with a licensing thing on an email that someone had, you know, inadvertently presented themselves as something that they weren't. And they filed a state complaint. And he he came into the forum just hopping mad. This guy had like put in a state complaint and, you know, um, he'd taken all this time just to ding him and like, you know, what a, you know, he was off his rocker. Like he was just so mad. And like, what should I do? How do I fight back? And at the end of the discussion, what he ended up deciding he was going to do is he wrote him a thank you note, you know, thanks for pointing this out. Yeah. And and he sent him a, um, you know, a 20 buck, you know, coupon for coffee. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, just kind of taking the, the higher minded, you know, leadership um, kind yeah, of yeah. approach rather than, you know, kind of getting into the, the muck and, and let's fight. Yeah. You know, that's that's a big thing that. Um that over you know i would say over the last year and a half is when i really started to try to focus on improving my leadership and i i'm a big believer that anybody can get better at leadership they can become a good leader like you said it i think what happens is we think of the the steve jobs and elon musk like the charismatic leader and if we're not that we can't be a leader but there's so many awesome leaders and the one of the books you shared with me early on with ed catmill um, of, you know, and he just example of someone that's mild mannered, you know, he had to work with Steve jobs and a completely different animal, but, uh, was very, very good at leadership. And that book really resonated with me because everybody's going to lead a little bit differently. And over the last year and a half, I've been trying to get better at it. I think whenever you do really try to get better at something, you take some steps back, you take some steps forward. It's kind of like I, you know, my golf game, I'm, I'm a pretty good golfer, but if I really decide to go get lessons from a teaching pro for about three to six months, I'm, I'm worse at the, on the golf course playing golf because I'm trying to implement things that are not comfortable, but they're going to give me the long-term benefit. And I, and I've, I've done that a couple of times in my golf game and it's really helped. And it's kind of been the same thing with leadership where it's like, you kind of pick some scabs there and, and you kind of like have to reflect and say, yeah, like I'm struggling in this department. Uh, but ultimately 
that's how you're going to get better. And I would say that's kind of where I'm at right now over the last uh, three to six months. I, uh, I'm, I'm very happy with where things are going to be going, but right now it's like, okay, figuring out a few things for sure. And I think I'll give myself a little bit of credit because I think that's, that's inherently leadership in itself is being willing to put yourself in that situation to feel like shit sometimes and to, and to improve and get better at it and, and know that I can get there. And I, and I want my audience to realize that as well. Like they can start to reflect where there's some struggles, you know, and, and you can get better at it. That's right. And, and the payoffs are just huge. Um, just the fact that you're being introspective and holding yourself accountable. Um, you know, people pick up that, that energy, that vibration. Um, and, and it, it's, it's so meaningful. Um, the book good to great, um, was one of my favorite is one of my favorite, favorite books. And, you know, for, for the people who don't know it, um, Jim Collins and his crew took 16, 20, 30 companies and they, they matched them up, um, for industry and when they got started, um, and like one of them blew up, went from good to great, and one of them didn't. And they mm -hmm. studied the various factors that made them get better. Uh, yeah. And what he told his crew is, you know, what I don't want to hear at the end of this exercise is that what made the difference is leadership. Like, I just don't believe that that's the case. We've mm -hmm. got to find something else besides leadership. And as they were finishing up the research, the crew came back to him and said, you know, we're sorry, but mm -hmm. leadership is a crucial part. It's not the only piece here, mm -hmm. um, but what they called level five leadership um, yeah. made the, the, the difference in, in these companies. And level five leadership were leaders who were humble and looked for, you know, the betterment of the company, the betterment of the customers, um, over their own, you know, self, right? Yep. So, so that humility and 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 not putting themselves first at all uh, made a huge difference. Yeah, and and I think for for chiropractors, you know, that goes again. It's like being a leader for your patients. Too many are not. Uh, they're afraid to tell them what the reality of it is and what they need to get them better and and stay better. Or obviously, leadership in, in teams. And and I want to kind of touch on it a little bit because I think something I've noticed again, I, you know, I'm, I'm using myself as an example, kind of, you know, be candid with folks here and stuff. I think part of what I've struggled with is, you know, when you do have a lot of people working for you or with you in different capacities, and I've got a, a few companies that I have. So like, there's a lot of different types of people that, that work with me or for me is, um, a couple things, you know, it's like I've I've started to realize too. I've brought in some folks in different positions that it just wasn't the right person, and and I didn't deal with that well. So I've noticed there's some kind of there's some compatibility things there that I need to recognize uh, sooner. But I want to take it a little more uh, globally here. In a sense, is that, um, and I think a lot of people are struggling with this. I think. Um, leaders are struggling with this. And I think um, team members or employees are struggling with this. But what are you noticing is like the difference between what good leadership is today versus in the past? 
there definitely seems to be some headbutting going on between employer, employee, and that type of stuff. But what are you noticing the differences today's day and age? It's a, it's a good question. It's so interesting. Um, and where my mind goes to is sports. Um, you know, the the old age of sports, when you had the, the coach, the code laid down the law. Um, and that was the law. And that's what, the, you know, the players had to deal with. Um, and it was, you know, my way or the highway. Uh, and now as we've got, you know, superstars and, and players who are, you know, making significant amounts of money and, and, you know, their contributions to the team and whatnot, you know, what the, the, the coaches are now doing who are really successful are really working with, you know, individual players, um, what are their strengths? What are their weaknesses? What motivates them? What doesn't motivate them? And it's no longer about my way or the highway, right? It's about how do I get the most from the talent around me? Um, yeah. And that willingness to to um, uh, shift in that direction. Now, that still has to be with boundaries, right? You can't just, you know, you want to party till three at night, you know, and as long as you have a good game, that that's fine. We'll just have, you have a different set of rules than everybody else. You know, you, you still have to have, you know, safe, reasonable boundaries within that. Mm -hmm. But, you know, taking a look at at the individuals around you and what makes them shine, what motivates them. And it's not just about, you know, me as the boss, but but them as what their needs are um, so they can be the most productive, best employee and, and the best representations of, of, you know, my brand out there that, that they can have. Yeah, it's like the the Bobby Knight leadership isn't going to really work anymore. Or even you could see someone who's had a very long career where he's lucky he started out with a ton of success and it's been able to carry him for a bit as Bill Belichick, where, yeah. you know, there, there's because a lot of his uh, coaching tree, the people that have coached underneath him and left try to do it the Bill Belichick way and it just doesn't work because obviously like Bill Belichick has all these Super Bowl rings so people will deal with it and say oh well the guy's a winner he's proven it but he's lucky he won those early on like you can't just come out of the gates like that anymore it just hasn't worked out in a lot of ways um, and then I'll use a, a great coach who who I really admire um, fortunately they just lost the NBA finals last night but Eric Spolster of the Miami Heat like to me, he's like that modern leader. Like no one questions how good of a leader that guy is, but you're not going to hear the rah-rah. You're not going to see the massive yelling. You're, he He's a, he's a player's coach in that sense. And uh, that's a, I, I love using sports analogy. I'm glad you did because I think people can really relate to that a little bit. No. Yeah. So there was a, um, an Eric Spolstra story that, that came out on um, a, a podcast. I, I I don't know if I sent it to you, but I will if you didn't get it. Um, but it, very much uh, the players coach, like, you know, what makes them shine and, um, you know, what do they need from me to, to be the best players that they can be? Uh, and input from the players, right? There's, there's a dialogue, there's communication that's going back and forth, uh, you know, very much so. And that's what I'm trying to struggle with. And I've talked to a lot of other of my colleagues that are of my age group, that kind of Gen X group. And uh, I don't want to generalize generations and such, but we're trying to figure out like, where's the meat in the middle? Like, do I just throw my hands up and say, okay, just got to do whatever I got to do with the younger generation to, to make them happy or, but I can't also go, you know, general patent on them anymore. That's not going to work. <laughs> and, and so it's like, 
trying to find that middle ground. And I think you put it good as like, okay, you got to be that player's coach in a sense or that uh, team leader, but you have to have boundaries as well. And I think that's important to not let those get fuzzy and uh, obviously communicate that well. Is, is that what you're saying is kind of find that middle ground? No, exactly. Exactly. And, and, you know, that, that communication I think is, is key. Um, yep. And I think that that's something that in the past probably wasn't quite so important. You know, when, when you got the employee, there was a hierarchy that was kind of understood. There was a, you know, hierarchy of, you know, I'm the boss, you're not, and this yeah. is how it goes. Um, and I think that some of the the younger people that are coming into work, they've got different priorities and they want to have a voice um, and, and uh, they want to understand. And it's not necessarily that they you know want to be in charge or in control, but it's no longer good enough to just say, you know, I want you to stand here and you know, stamp out these widgets. <laughs> like um, It's like, well, why? And what's my growth capacity here? And what happens after I learn to do widgets real well? I mean, they, they, they want more and it's not unreasonable. Yeah, it is. And it was interesting. I interviewed Joey Coleman again. Um, this time he's got a book out called Never Lose a, an Employee Again. And it's kind of a take on his Never Lose a Customer Again framework. And it was a really good interview. And I really enjoyed it. And I got a lot, of, a lot out of it. And just one of it is like, we're not going back to pre-2020. Like it's, this is what it is. It's going to be like this. We've got to find a, a middle ground there. And we have to appreciate a lot of the positives of say the, the younger generation, because there are a lot of positives. We have to try to understand some of the things that are different than what our generation kind of grew up with and expected. And so we, we can't just denounce it and say, I, I want it to be like it was, or try to find the, you know, the, the one out of 50 that is old school mentality. Right. Yeah. Um, and so I got a lot out of that and realized it was just kind of eye opener for me is like, okay, like if I'm really going to take this leadership thing seriously, I'm going to have to um, figure out what that looks like for multiple types of different generations. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, it's the growth mindset. We've got to get better at this, right? Uh, yeah. It's never a finished product, uh, being a leader. Yeah, and then like I'm trying to figure out the difference between leadership, like in my practice when everybody's in here physically and then in my MCM company, everybody's distributed. And basically what does it look like to provide leadership through Slack and zoom calls? <laughs> and so that's a whole other different animal that I'm working through. Yeah. So one of the, the wonderful things about the world as it is today is that we've got lots of models out there yeah. and, and uh, a lot of these people with different, you know, uh, jobs and ways that they do it. Uh, they talk about it. They have podcasts like you're doing now. Um, so, so you're able to peek in and see what other top performers out there, how they're leading, what they're doing, what's working for them. Um, we're no longer in this closed system uh, where, you know, it's just up to me to figure this out. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's for sure. And I think that, that makes a good segue. That's probably one of the first few key steps in, in improving one's leadership. Cause again, going back, like, I know you are, and I'm a big believer is like, you can get much better at leadership. You can become a very effective level five leader. And, and that's what you just said is a, a good first step, but what are some other steps you would recommend people take that like, okay, you know what? I'm ready to, to really start working on this. It's not going to happen overnight. 
It's always a process. Like I said, it's been a year and a half for me. Obviously there was things I was doing in the past to get better at it, but this is going to be a lifelong thing. Uh, but what are some of the things that someone can do out of the gates to start improving this? Um, for me, it's, it's mindset. And uh, my very first day of med school, uh, you know, we had 400 people in a, in a, you know, big stadium seating classroom. And we have various deans walking through and, and talking about, you know, your first day of med school and you know, what's going to happen, you know, and so on and so forth. And the dean of students came and he said something. It was Dr. Hugo Seibel. Um, uh, and he said, you know, you're going to be talking to people and they're going to tell you about things that they haven't told anybody. You're going to be putting your fingers in places that nobody is allowed to put fingers in. You're going to be doing things with people. Um and what you can never, ever forget is that it's an honor to be doing what you're doing, right? So so that mindset of level five leadership, you know, it's an honor to be doing what we're doing for our patients, for our staff, with our family. Trying to keep that top of mind is, is so important. Um, you know, our, our accountability and our ability to, um, uh, you know, be introspective, and to get help when we need that, um, yeah. you know, that that willingness to, to get feedback and feedback sometimes stings, right? Um, but, you know, that's what it takes to get us to the next level. It's, it's the, you know, like Dan Sullivan would say, you know, all progress starts by telling the truth um, yeah. and, and knowing where you are, where you want to get to and, and giving yourself that um long runway to, to, to get where you want to be. Yeah. And I think if you communi communicate through that, then you get a longer runway, right? And, yeah, and, yeah. and, and do that. Um, what would your recommendations be if someone, um, you know, has a falling out with, with a team member or a, a, a patient or a family member? Like you had a good example with that gift card and the thank you note from the realtor, which is a great way of doing that. Um, but what would you recommend as from a leadership standpoint, how to start the process to overcome maybe a, 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 an issue like you, you blew your top and you had the anger fit or, you know, you just someone or your team member, like something happened there. What, what would you recommend? Um, I mean, the, the situations can be so varied, but, but we start off by being introspective. Like how did I contribute to the problems that occurred? Mm -hmm. um, and, and I think that, Kevin, you're you're really good at that, um, right? So so you start off from you know where did I mess up? <laughs> How do I make things better? Um, and we also want to have a little bit of a sense of, of what's going on with with the other person. And there's got to be a candid conversation at some point, you know, mm -hmm. ideally sooner rather than later, when you've had a chance to cool off and to kind of understand better, like what happened from your perspective. Um, with a sense of the outcome that you want from this next communication, let's mend fences. Let's make sure that we're both on the same side because usually we are, right? It's, mm -hmm. you know, we want the best for you. We want the best for the company. We want the best for the customers, you know, in the family, we want the best for our spouse. We want the best for our kids. Um, and and really kind of doubling down that, that, you know, this is where we're coming from and that whatever differences are occurring, you know, we're still operating from, you know, the same side. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think, um, kind of ties back to what we said earlier and, you know, 
the charismatic leader, you know, there's going to be some of those. That's, that's great. A lot of times that's a lot of window dressing. It seems like, um, but I think now in this modern world, we're looking at that empathetic leader, you know, and I think that's what we've got to got to work towards. And, and I'm trying to get there uh, slowly, but, but surely. And so in your help's been, been instrumental in that. And I think we just have to start to um, take leadership seriously and do the things that are going to help with that. Be honest with yourself and don't beat yourself up too much either. Right. We're never finished products. That's right. That's just how it is. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's just the same thing. Like I've, uh, I, I read a lot of history and I, I read a lot of military history and you'll, you'll um, hear about the star general and they're typically like in their late fifties and their sixties by time that came to fruition. Right. I, and what, you know, what were they doing all those years before they were working themselves up leadership and getting better at it. And some of them, you know, like obviously Winston Churchill's one, he was disgraced after world war one and com complete fail. I think it was Gallipoli. Like just completely all like it was most careers would have been completely done after that. Right. And then here he comes. Like, I don't know how old he was during world war two, but he wasn't spring chicken. Right. And now we think of him as someone as like the old, one of the ultimate leaders in our modern history. Right. And so it didn't happen overnight for him. And, and I, luckily most of us listening to his podcast aren't going to have to, you know, be a leader in a massive war like that, but it just kind of shows of on a, obviously an extreme end, like it does take time and, and you don't know when this is going to serve you best, but the sooner you work on it, the sooner you're going to get there. And and don't do it alone, right? So you can, you know, have a, a virtual set of mentors that you're listening to on podcasts or reading, um, get a group together, you know, get coaching. Uh, but but you don't have to be alone with this either. It's, it's so important to have other people that you can bounce things off of and um, see that no one else has their act together. Yeah, yeah it's true. And that's why we're having you come be our presenter at our mastermind one of the weekends in 2024, because it's a group of 25 chiropractors that, that really are doing big things and have great practices. But as, as they all can attest, no one's got their shit together in there. <laughs> so you're going to help us get our shit together. But uh, Hey doc, this was great. I really appreciate your insights. Uh, I love having you on every, you know, three to six months on different topics and it's always enjoyable. And so thank you again for your time. How can our audience uh, find out more about what you're doing? Um, so manualastrook.com is, is my website. There's um, a sign up there for uh, a weekly newsletter. And I do a morning musings on Facebook Live that you can sign up for there as well. Yeah. And I want to plug your book again too. Happiness Rules was really good. I sent this to a few of our coaching clients and it really resonated with them well. So they can check that out probably wherever they can buy books, right? It's everywhere. Uh, Amazon, um, Kindle, uh, Apple Books, yep. Barnes and Nobles, everywhere. And I think it's so important for chiropractors because like the essence of it is, is like really how do we be a better entrepreneur, but how do we prevent burnout and that type of stuff that we're all yep. dealing with and a lot of great insights for that. So, uh, and it's a good read. So uh, highly recommend it. Appreciate it. Thank you, Kevin. All right. Have a good rest of your day. You too. 
I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. And if you want to make the shift from busy, broke, and broken to time-free and cash-confident, or you just want to continue with the exponential growth, check us out at modernchiropracticmarketing.com. Look at the MCM Mastery tab, watch the short video on there, and check out what we are doing now for evidence-informed chiropractors. We are equal parts coaching and marketing done for you. Yes, you shoot some videos. We help you with campaign strategies and ideas and really become a thought leader in your community. You shoot those videos, you send them to us. We produce, edit, and brand them to you. Then we distribute them through all of your channels. We also take them and we turn it into one good blog per month. And every other month, we have Darcy Sullivan producing a robust blog with a topic that you pick from her database to help with your SEO. So we essentially become your content marketing agency to make sure your practice is always having ethical, elegant content marketing to help grow your practice. On the coaching side, we also help you with everything from marketing ideas to business, communications, finances, anything practice growth and really try to help prevent you from being stuck on that island. And we hold you accountable. We have a great group of doctors that are just doing amazing things. And we look forward to help you out to take that next step in your practice. So again, check us out at modernchiropracticmarketing.com and learn more.